Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Got an exciting show for you because I know a lot of you are going to get some good value out of this. First, I got to tell you, I love the reviews. I love the comments and, and the suggestions and emails that I get from all you guys. If you like the show, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to this and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it. iTunes, if you just look up Real Estate Investing, Real Estate Investing Mastery, you'll see the podcast there. Leave us a review, please. We'd really appreciate it. Also, don't forget, guys, I have this Wholesaling 101 mind map at realestateinvestingmastery.com or if you just text the word FLIP, F-L-I-P, to 313131, you can get this mind map that I created, which covers how to wholesale deals from beginning to end in like the simplest way possible, the fastest way possible. Took out all the fluff, gave you our simple contracts and scripts and marketing pieces that we use and all that good stuff. And you can get it for free. Text the word FLIP to 313131, or you can go to flipmindmap.com. Cool? I know you're going to get a lot out of it. We got a special guest today. His name is John Pike. He is from a company called The Talent Genius. And uh, I talked to John a few weeks ago, and I said, man, this is really cool. I'd like to get you on the show because a lot of you guys listening to this are growing in your business, your real estate investing business. You're starting to get a lot of leads, or you're starting to take your leads more seriously, and you just can't handle it all, right? You're, you, you're not a, a one-man show anymore. You don't want to be a one-man show anymore. You realize you need some help. You need some good people to hire. You need some talent. And it can be a little intimidating when you're doing that. And so John's got a unique perspective on this, and I asked him to be on the show to talk about what he does. And uh, he's got a real cool assessment we're going to give you access to later on at the end of this podcast. So John, how are you? Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you for having me as a guest today. Thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Um, you're familiar with the sales industry and you're familiar with hiring people for uh, sales positions, but you're also familiar with real estate, right? John, can you give us a little bit of your background and your story? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So over the last 30 years, I've helped train, assess, and hire over half a million salespeople. And uh, very early in my career, I worked for the largest sales training company globally. They were at one point trusted by 87% of the Fortune 500, least risk vendor, kind of 800-pound gorilla. You know, most companies use them because they were the one that delivered results to the fullest extent. But in having worked for that company, what I realized, I had an epiphany though, and I actually had a crisis of conscience, almost a moral dilemma, because after the training, the high performers continue to be high performers and the low performers continue to be low performers. Simply put, there was no direct causal link between this world-class training and an increase in sales. So even though I did incredibly well with them, I could no longer really in good conscience work for the company because I couldn't go to a business owner or CEO and say, if you'll only give me your people for three days, I promise you I'll be able to increase in sales. Uh -huh. So I shifted then intentionally. So instead of focusing in on after the person was hired, I started placing all my focus on before you actually hire somebody, getting the greatest or the best talent so that when you expose them to training, they're going to flourish, they're going to rise. So that's kind of a little bit about my background. Now, as it relates to real estate, 
six years ago, I was the lead keynote speaker at a real estate event and real estate really wasn't on my radar screen. And, um, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank was a middle speaker. Glenn Beck was a wrap-up speaker. And when I got off stage, 20 people signed up on the spot to have me help with recruiting. So at the current time, I have 50% of my residential real estate clients are all in the Wall Street Journal Real Trends Top 250 because I've literally taken companies from 100 to 600 units, from 300 to 1,500 units because really, you know, we have the secret sauce as as it's being able to identify what I call the sales DNA and candidates. So you're helping people on the real estate, like listing traditional real estate side and the investing side. Correct. So it's kind of moved from, from uh, residential real estate to some of these people have opened up uh, another side of their business, which is more profitable, which is the mortgage industry. So helping them with loan processors, sales closers, loan originators. And then uh, actually some of my clients have also working in the wholesale area as well. So just one quick example, Chris Arnold, if you haven't met him or, or know who he is. I know Dallas. Chris Arnold. Oh, incredible guy. Uh, he was one of my very first clients six years ago. I helped him on the residential real estate side. Then on the wholesale side, he said, hey, John, look, uh, I think I could really use your services for an acquisition manager. Well, first so, of all, let me, let me ask, this, is he in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? He is, correct. He, well, he used to be. Now he lives down in uh, Mexico. He lives uh, full-time in Tulum. Uh, yes. I actually was there uh, visiting him a, a few months back. That's, that's right. That's where the connection was. Okay. Because okay. uh, I know a couple of like three or four guys that were there. And that's, yeah, okay. Now it's connecting. Awesome. Yeah. So he's yes. all, yeah. So anyway, you know, long story short, just because, you know, I want to want people to know what's capable or possible mm-hmm. in the very first person that we hired for him in an acquisition manager role in his very first year he actually made over $1 million on that hire. Yep. So, you know, again, someone once said, and is absolutely true, there are two challenges with every organization, sales and everything else. Just imagine if you had about an 80 to 90% level of confidence that the people that you were going to hire were going to be consistent top performers. It would revolutionize. Say that, say that again. That's going to be a good title for this podcast. Um, yeah. I mean... Only, only two things that matter... Yeah, only the, the, the companies are challenged typically. Every organization has two challenges, sales and everything else. So it doesn't matter how good your lead system is or your marketing, your infrastructure, your systems. If you don't have great people to be able to capitalize and close on all those investments that you've made, you're sunk. So, so many of the people that I talk to, they're trying to do everything themselves but in order to create true leverage, you have to build a world-class team. You've got to find the talent. And that's really my sweet spot. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I would add with sales marketing, and that's kind of is related, right? But like getting the leads in mm-hmm. is uh, super critical. You can't have one without the other. Right. <clears throat> okay. So um, that's cool. And I think I know the guy that, um, um, what's his name? Chris Hired. But yeah, it's that's an amazing story. So, what have you seen then, John? Why why is this so hard for let's let's focus on real estate investors, okay? Sure. Um, and and realtors as well. I guess it's it's similar. But why is this so hard for us to figure out and get right? Man, you that is an astute question that really gets to the heart of the issue. So, most of you 
that are listening are familiar with the personality instrument, such as the disc profile. It's, uh, you know, about four decades old. It's phenomenal for uh, communication skills, for team building, for sales training. And I use it extensively. Research has shown, however, if you're using personality instruments for hiring, it's woefully inadequate. So to be specific, over 100 years of research, research has basically yielded if you're using a personality instrument to help with hiring, you have only a slightly better chance of hiring someone that's going to work out and perform well, just slightly better than if you're just looking at their resume alone. Hmm. Now, if I'm a business owner, that research is going to keep me up at night because a, a personality instrument is a one-dimensional instrument. It only is behavioral or personality, and people are much more complex than just personality. So, you, you know, over time you say, well, this person has the gift of gab, you know, they should go into sales. Well, not necessarily because you're going to make a mistake still 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. So let me explain, use a visual kind of picture or analogy to, to, to kind of emphasize or to illustrate why it's so high, hard or difficult to hire top performers. So if you will think about an iceberg for a moment as it relates to an interview. So with an iceberg, only 12% of the iceberg is visible to the human eye or it's above the surface. That's the same thing with an interview. So when you're interviewing, all you're seeing is a person's energy level, how expressive and outgoing they are, those types of characteristics that are personality only. But the essence of what every hiring manager or business owner needs to know to make an astute and best decision is hidden to the naked eye. The 88% below the surface is why so many people get burned so frequently. So that's where the secret really resides. And that's what we actually measure, which is why we typically have an 80 to 90% success rate when we're hiring salespeople. So things like persistence, drive, initiative, handling rejection, self-starting capacity, the ability to quickly and easily build trust and rapport, so that you build an emotional connection. Those things and about 70 other attributes are what we call innate. Not only are they hidden to the naked eye, but they're things that you really can't teach or train. So that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult because most people, they just rely on the resume and an interview, and maybe they go one step further with a personality instrument, but even that is not going to get you where you need to go. It's only giving you about 12% of the data. Well, how do you find that kind of stuff? Well, it's, uh, we're able to do that by using a very sophisticated set of, of, of online assessments that um, are some of the highest validated instruments in the world. In fact, one of the guys that created the assessment uh, was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize and would have won but he died and you can't be deceased and win the award because it's an absolute breakthrough when it comes to being able to correctly or accurately identify the best talent. Okay. So they're, um, they're, they're assessments. Are they assessments that are done before the interviews or after the interviews or does it matter? That's a good question. It absolutely matters. How many times have we been in a situation where in the first 30 seconds, when you meet somebody, you're like, Oh boy, this is not the right person. How can I not be disrespectful, but, but shut this down really quickly. Right? So this saves an incredible amount of time and money because what you do is you always assess someone on the front end every single time. 
A person has no business meeting any of us and sitting in front of us unless they have been completely vetted first. So what we do is we take each applicant, we compare their scores to the top 10% of the highest performing best salespeople in the industry. And unless they're 10% or better, you never know about them because we don't actually ever present those people to, to the candidate or to the client. Excellent. Do any of these personality assessments help you avoid the drama queens that uh, sometimes, you know, are just, these guys are so hard to work with. The they're vast, great salesmen, right? They're, but they're just right. pain in the butts. Yeah. You know what and I'm talking about? <laughs> I sure, I sure do. The vast majority of the time it will eliminate all of the, those mistakes. I'd say probably there's about a, t- nothing is perfect. There's about a 10% you know, where even if a person has great profile sometimes, but it is the rare exception, they won't work out. But let me give you a couple of examples. Sometimes my, my, my clients take my advice and, and sometimes they don't. And I'll, I'll give you just one instance where I mentioned this person was a total rock star. I mean, they had the right personality. They had the right motivation and drive. They had the right innate talents. But there are some of the metrics that we measure that are much more important than others. And one of them happens to be something that's called ego drive. So this person's ego drive was so high that they were a me versus we mentality. They would be definitely a culture killer and so self-absorbed that the person, you know, would not be good, a good fit, regardless of the fact that they had all these other things that were great. Well, even though I cautioned my client and said, you should pass on this candidate, they decided to hire her. Four days later, he calls me and said, John, you were right. She resigned today. We asked her to do something that she thought was beneath her. And so she told us to go pound sand. Wow. So, you know, there are some, th- there are some metrics again that uh, are much more important than others that they're immediate showstoppers if we see them, regardless of how, how strong the other assessments. And here's typically what we find. The more you deviate or compromise on the assessments, the more that performance is compromised. So that's, that's really, you know, the key. Makes sense. Okay. You know, it's the 80, 20 principle, isn't it? The top 20% of your sales people are going to produce 80% of your results, right? Or revenue or profits. What, what are some of the characteristic tra- characteristics or traits of that top 20%? Well, as it relates to an acquisition manager, from a personality point of view, they have a higher sense of urgency than most. If you take a look at like the residential real estate, you know, like a buyer agent, they're typically someone who's much more relational. They have a much higher level of patience. You know, they're in the car with the same couple for two or three weeks in a row. I mean, so it, you know, they, they tend to have uh, maybe a 35 on the D score, if you're familiar with the DISC profile. An acquisition manager has, is a lot more competitive, a lot more aggressive. It's the thrill of the hunt, and then they move on to the next one. Yes, they're consultative, but they have a higher sense of drive and urgency. From a behavioral point of view, they also need to be outgoing and expressive. So typically, they tend to be either moderate on the extroversion scale or a little bit higher. So you've heard of an extrovert and an introvert. Most of you probably have never heard the middle one is what's called an ambivert. So it's kind of you're in the middle where you can comfortably go up and speak with someone that's more expressive and outgoing, and you can comfortably meet somebody who's more of an introvert. The, um, so where do now, they need to be on that scale? On that scale, you know, it's, it's probably, it, it's preferred if they're probably around a 55, 65, 75. It, it's, it's okay if they're higher. 
the one key thing that I would mention is this, is that almost everything that we do is based on science, research, and statistics. So you can be supremely confident that it works. So let me give you an example of what I mean. We gave this assessment to over 200,000 people in 23 different countries, every industry, every role from entry level all the way up to CEO and everywhere in between. And we were trying to find the answer. What is it about these elite performers, these 20% that consistently produce 80% of 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 the results? However, in this case, what we found in doing the research, only 9% of the 200,000 consistently overachieved all their performance objectives in a given year. That was their criteria. And it wasn't just sales. It was every, every role in every position. Well, after seven years and over 1,000 consultants crunching all the data and all the numbers, we found there's only two characteristics or attributes, which incidentally can be learned, that were equated with this elite 9% that the 91% did not have. So the first one, which is really critical, is what we call self-awareness or self-insight. So the concept is this, the more self-knowledge that we have as individuals, the better position or the better that we are equipped to select a job, a role, a position, a career that's really tightly aligned with what we naturally do well, okay? That's in the sweet spot or in the zone. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. And then the second characteristic or attribute is what we call authenticity. It's interesting from the Latin, the word authentic created into English means to create. So when you and I are authentic to kind of how we are uniquely created and gifted, our talents, we're able to create the most fulfilling life. So getting back to the disc profile, when it relates to expressiveness, sometimes you have people that are high, high extroverts, right? Life of the party, never met a stranger, but they talk too much. They talk people out of a sale, right? Yeah. So that's why self-awareness is so crucial because you have to have the insight to know when to, you know, in a sales position, especially it's about moderating and facilitating. It's about asking great questions and then being quiet. It's about restating what you think you've heard so that you're in alignment. There's a few things more offensive than someone that just talks all the time. So that's why you could, you could have someone who's a 99 extrovert. They could still do incredibly well. However, they need that self-awareness. And that self-knowledge yeah, in order okay. to perform. So again, self-awareness and authenticity. If, you don't, if a person doesn't know what they don't know, they're powerless to do anything about it. They can't improve or change because it's a blind spot. That's interesting. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask a few questions about, first of all, I want to ask what, what it is that you do Mm-hmm. when someone says, all right, John, I want to hire you to find me a good salesperson. First of all, before you would take somebody on, what kind of person do you, will you not work with and will you work with? You know what I mean? Like what kind of business do they have to have? What kind of leader do they need to be? Do you, do you filter out or pre-screen the, the person that uh, wants to hire you before you let them hire you? Does that make sense? It does. And that's a very good question because not all business is goods business, no matter what a service or product, you know, you represent. So most of the time I work with people who are visionary, people who are progressive, people who have insight enough to know that hiring is not in their sweet spot. It's not their core area of expertise. And so they want to outsource it to somebody who is the expert. And my clients, I'll tell you, they trust me implicitly because of the results I'm able to generate and deliver. Right mm-hmm. now, Timing is also very important. So it doesn't do anyone any good if I hire absolute A player rock stars for, from a sales point of view, but 
but the company doesn't have the infrastructure or leads to support that person because they're going to get frustrated very quickly and they're going to leave. And then, you know, it's not going to be a win-win all the way around. So I will absolutely not work with an organization unless they're at the point where they have systems and structure specifically as it relates to, you know, lead generation, because it's not the right timing. Maybe the right timing for them to engage with me is six months from now. So I have actually mentioned, I had a, a potential client the other day and they weren't at the, at the right stage for me to work with them. In fact, what I did is I recommended that they get some assistance and help from another industry expert and consultant that specializes in systems, in process, in infrastructure before they actually work with me. So from that standpoint, you know, you're, you're really acting as an, as an advisor or I am, and I, I do not want to take on any business that's not the right, at the right stage or at the right time, because, you know, you only have one reputation and, uh, you know, it's just not worth it. When, when someone hires you who has a traditional realtor brokerage, Mm -hmm. are you looking for somebody different than somebody who is an investor coming to you for help? The answer is it depends. So let me, let me give you a little bit more information on that. I mentioned earlier that a buyer agent typically has a lower D score or sense of urgency. They have to be more patient. Uh-huh. The listing agent typically is the hunter. They, they have a higher D score. So a buyer agent profile is different than a listing agent profile. You follow? Yeah, yeah. The third common thing that I actually help recruit with is inside salespeople. That is a third and, again, another unique profile from the buyer agent and the listing agent. And the main difference there is that um, for inside sales, their S score has to be moderate to high. If it's not, they will not last you know, very long in the position. They're going to turn over. Either, now, it's one thing if you know this information and you have a, you know, a plan in place, sometimes you want to hire somebody as an inside salesperson and then promote them up into a buyer agent and eventually a listing agent. That's fine. But a lot of people make the mistake. They don't realize that uh, the profile for inside sales is much different than you know, a buyer agent and a listing agent. And if they don't have a high stability score, then they're not going to, they like predictability, security, things that are routine. They don't like a whole lot of change. If that score is low, they will not stay in inside sales role for very long. So depending on the position, whether it's administrative, you know, that's a whole different set of criteria that we use. So we have basically a template that we use as a filter for every position because each position is unique and demands unique things from that individual. So you, you hire in multiple positions, not just sales, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the, go ahead. The only position we don't handle by design is computer programmers, information technology. I have a friend that I outsource that business to. That's all he does. I do not want to handle that. Even though I've, been, I've worked in that business, that's not something that's, that's yeah. the best of my utilization of my time and talent. But so just in the last week, I helped a, co- a company hire a president, a controller, a service technician. So yeah, it, it, really, it really spans the, the gamut. All, it's all positions. I, when I graduated from college in the year 2000, I was hired two of my three jobs that I had before I went full-time into real estate um, were found for me from headhunters. Mm-hmm. So I have an appreciation. I don't know if you like that term, by the way, headhunters, <laughs> but uh, 
I think it's I think it's an accurate term. I, I don't mind it. However, let me tell you, it was the very first job that I also had out of college was being a headhunter. Okay, uh-huh. and man, what a wake up call! Because there's such a lack of integrity in that industry. What I mean is this: most of the time, companies that have a client, they're taking candidates from the same company that they're actually placing candidates into. So that's not something that's very good. And then within the company itself, people are typically climbing all over each other and stealing each other's candidates because they want you know, the, the paycheck and the commission. Now, how a regular recruiting firm is set up is basically they're just dialing for dollars. They're going through the Rolodex and they're trying to find the best candidate the fastest so that they have the highest probability of getting you know, the, uh, the commission. And because of that approach, there's very little due diligence. There's very little vetting. And the industry standard is a three-month guarantee. Three months, that's it. Now, in our case, because we do such extensive profiling and have these advanced insights into a person's capabilities, when we work with clients that are on a full-time, like, a, like they pay our, us the full amount, we actually give them a one-year unconditional guarantee. I only know of one other company in the 30 years that I've been doing this that actually does this. So we are absolutely, you know, 100% mm-hmm. you know, confidence that we're going to provide the, great, the best person for it. Not just for lack of performance, right? But even if they get sick or they die or the spouse gets a dream job and they move to Hawaii, because that's a big investment for a company, you know, to, to bring on somebody. So our basically standard uh, replacement guarantee with a, a company that's paying the full 25% is a one-year unconditional guarantee. More important than the guarantee, though, is the fact that they get great people. They, we hardly ever have to honor that one-year guarantee. If we do, we're happy to do it because they're paying us a, a pretty sizable amount of money to, to help them with their talent. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's go back to the realtor thing for a broker who's looking for hiring some help. Do you look for somebody who's already licensed or do you look for a sales guy, somebody who's just good with sales and then help them get their license? Does that make sense? Yes, it's the latter. So, and the reason for it is this licensed salespeople or loan officers, loan originators, they are not looking online for their next job. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're going to the title company and to their, their, their network of people uh, for their next position. So, although we do place some ads and do some recruiting for licensed realtors and, and people that are licensed in the mortgage business, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. So what we do is we look for people that have the sales DNA, people that have the sales talent right, innately who can come in and get their license and then come in and be an incredible contributor. Let me give you just one example. We, we have a guy hire a former pastor. And you think, you know, that's kind of an unlikely position to thrive in sales coming, you know, from being in full-time ministry and then, you know, going into oh, no. sales. Perfect. Okay. So... In the real estate industry, only 5% of the total realtors sell 95% of the total business and less and only 5% sell more than $5 million and above of revenue. This former pastor in his very first year sold $14 million worth of real estate. And he did it in a cottage country up in Minnesota where they only have 50,000 people during the non-summer months. It swells to about 200,000 in the summer. And the average price per home is about two hundred and thirty to two hundred forty thousand dollars, you know, per per side. So, and then in his second year, he sold over twenty five million dollars of um, real estate. You know, it's funny. I've hired two 
pa- one was a former pastor, mm-hmm. one was a part-time pastor. Hmm. And those have been my only acquisition managers that I've ever hired. And they wow. both did fantastic. Hmm. And one of them is still doing real estate, but kind of on his own. We parted ways as friends. The second guy worked for me for about a year and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did part ways also for various reasons, but he's still doing in the real estate investing space, about a hundred deals a year. Wow. Fantastic. And that's fascinating that you just said that because I look at what these guys, when I, I wasn't intentionally looking for pastors, mm-hmm. but after talking to them, I could tell that they were just personal people, right? When you talk to them they could look you in the eyes and they had a great listening skills. Right. And they were personal. They were just nice. They weren't high pressure salesmen. Mm-hmm. They had no, they were confident, but they didn't have a huge ego. Right. And I just, just funny that you say that. <laughs> so if, if, if anybody listening to this knows of any pastors that are looking for work or looking to make some extra money, because <laughs> they're probably not getting paid very well. That's right. Doing, doing what they're doing in the ministry. Mm-hmm. There may be some opportunity for you to uh, <laughs> hire them. Right. Um, that's cool. That's great. John, what, uh, for, for, let's just use an example of a real estate investing company that's doing, you know, I'd say five to 10 deals a month, mm-hmm. either rehabbing or just wholesaling. And they're looking to grow, you know, they, they're, uh, they want to hire a new acquisitions manager or they want to hire their first, they're just getting stressed. What would be the, how much does it cost to, to hire a company like you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, what kind of salary would they expect to pay a really good sales guy acquisitions manager for them? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you're asking me how much would, would, would someone like me charge? Yes. And then secondly, how yeah. much would, what would be a good salary for this kind of a position? Right. Okay. So t- typically what we charge is uh, 12500 for an acquisition manager. And because that's about a 50% reduction of what, we'd, what, what we would normally charge, we offer also a six-month unconditional guarantee, right? Mm-hmm. It's important for me to, to mention something as it relates to retention. Because you talked about these two pastors. They were great, but their longevity wasn't really that high, right? Well, that's my fault. Okay. That, that, that was 100% me. Okay. So let me explain. Based on research again, we know that if you onboard a new hire the right way, and I, what I mean by onboarding is more than just filling out the paperwork and knowing where the stapler is, yeah. um, then you can actually improve new hire retention by as much as 82% and productivity by over 70%. That's staggering numbers when you think about it. So basically what we do is we say, Joe, this is what it would sound like, you know, based on the, the first week you're hired. We would have what we call an onboarding call with the new hire. And we say, Joe, here's what it would sound. Joe, you can't imagine how thrilled we are that you're part of our team. Out of the hundreds of people that applied, you had the highest scores or were among the highest scores of the top performers in the industry. It's not a matter of if you're going to succeed in this position. It's a matter of how successful you can be with our help. Your personality style is in the top 5% for this position. Your motivators and drivers are in the top 5%. And your innate talents are also in the top 10%. And then so what we do is we say, here's how you like to be communicated with, right? Mm -hmm. Here's how we create the ideal work environment uh, for you in terms of what fulfills you or why you work. And here's a, a ranking of your top talents. 
So you share, we share all this information. We, we create a one-page summary sheet, what I call a strength plan, so that who are you, do I like you, do I trust you, is dramatically accelerated, and you guys are connected you know, at a much more significant level. So you have access to this information again, these optics, this, these analytics. Helps you to put the finger on the pulse of who, who they are, what their style is, how to communicate with them, how to create the ideal work environment, and where they're naturally going to flourish. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what, it, what happens as a result of that, and I've done this thousands of times, never once have I ever had any person that I have come in contact with say that they've had experienced anything like this. But when you think about it, your first impression to the, to the new hire is, wow, this company is affirming me, they're encouraging me, they're telling me how great I am, and they believe in me. And here's why they believe in me. Okay? And the other thing that we do is we have coaching calls eight weeks for, for, for the first eight weeks where we stay with that new hire and we, we keep them accountable. Yes, we teach them some sales training, but perhaps even more important than that, there are specific things that we measure that they have to uh, report back on every week. And then based on that feedback, then we have a coaching call with them for 30 minutes for the first eight weeks. So we're not just interested in getting the best talent scientifically that have the right personality style, the right motivation and drive, the right talents. But then we're also interested in ramping them up and onboarding them in such a fashion and providing them with support so that they're going to stay and be more uh, productive more quickly. Again, that's 12500 There's a six-month replacement guarantee on that. And the reason why it's six months instead of 12 is normally we would, we would charge 25000 for that. Mm-hmm but we're doing a uh, half price. And the reason that we're doing half price is because this position is almost always a straight commission role. Yep. Okay. So that's why, you know, when we do uh, placements for hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand $150,000 jobs, it's, it's easy. It's 25% of the first year income, first year salary. Well, there really is no salary. You don't know how much they're going to make. And these companies typically are a lot smaller than, than, than corporations and don't have deep pockets to be able to afford it. So with some people, I would highly recommend that you, you do some type of a guarantee on the, you know, on the front end, maybe for the first two months to, to kind of help them get their feet, you know, yeah. what, you know, allow them to cover their expenses for the first couple of months, and then they go on straight commission. So maybe it's a hybrid uh, plan initially, and then soon after, you know, it's going to be 100% straight commission. So a company doing five to 10 deals a month, and let's say they're, they're grossing on average 50 grand a month. Mm-hmm. And then that would be what? $600,000 a year. I think that's a good average of somebody that's got a wholesaling business that's doing well. What kind of salary would you recommend offering? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just an annual range, a, a range for, a, that would make it attractive enough to uh, um, attract a good sales guy. Well, more important than the salary, again, is the opportunity. So people, really the bottom threshold is 75000 If you don't have somebody that's interested in making more than 75000 then they're not the right person for you. Yeah, yeah. And equally as important, if 100% straight commission scares somebody, that's a huge knockout punch immediately. Mm. See, you want people who are energized by a completely open-ended compensation plan. So give me a quick example. I mean, I do work in, I've worked exclusively, well, a significant, not exclusively, but a lot in the last six years with real estate, all all aspects of the real estate, okay? But let me just give you a quick example. (laughs) Another industry, solar. The top guy in the solar industry is making almost half a million dollars, okay? That's their top guy. He's making about $40,000 a month. 
Mm-hmm. He is absolutely energized and jacked up because there's no limit on how much he can earn. Okay. Yeah. Whereas if you have somebody that's really wants the the cushion and the security of a salary, that's that's a that's a big red flag immediately. So if you if the person's in the interview saying a lot about hey, you know, what type of salary do you have and for how long is it and those types of things, and that's what they're fix on, fixated on, I can guarantee you they're not going to be nearly as effective or productive as someone that has more of an abundance mentality because that's more of a scarcity mentality. They're risk averse. They're more security oriented, right? They don't have the fire in the belly, that kind of thing. So I'm not trying to evade your, your, um, your, your question around salary. What I would say is perhaps, you know, maybe 2000 or $2,500, you know, for the first maybe month or two. And after that, then it, you know, you cut it. Um, that makes sense. But I think it depends. Again, it depends on each situation is unique. Sometimes there's people that come with a unique uh, story and they can't afford to go on straight commission immediately, but their profiles are so incredible and they have a past track record of success that I'm willing to pay a little bit more on the front end for the first couple of months because my risk is so low. Does that make sense? Yeah, my first sales guy, that I, well, second one that I hired, who was the pastor, his mm-hmm. wife wouldn't uh, agree to let him quit his job he was making $10 an hour, no, $8 an hour at Home Depot part-time. Wow. So uh, I, I, I agreed to pay him $8 an hour and then a certain percent commission mm-hmm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it worked out great. Uh, right. Guy, we made a lot of money together. Right. Um, so, okay, I got a question for you. You, you, sure. had, you mentioned something to me once where hire slow, fire fast. That's kind of the mantra that a lot of people talk about. And you say, you say BS to that. Why, why is that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, if everyone is doing something, that's typically an indication that it's not the right thing. Okay. So that's, that's, that's the, you know, first of all, second, the top talent doesn't stay on the market for very long. So most people drag their feet and you know, when it comes to hiring for good reason, because they've had such a horrible track record in the past, but what they, and, and call it being selective, but what they don't realize is that you're, you're actually, it's off-putting to the person who is potentially a rock star. So there's so many companies that, that fall into this category. So I always advise my clients, look, 80% of your hiring decision is based on the strength of the science and the statistics because it's up to 90% accurate, okay? The remaining 20% is based on the actual interview because in an interview, you're only seeing what we talked about before, that, that 12% above the surface. So how well do they communicate? What's their energy like? you know, do their visions, you know, values and do, are they going to be a good team fit in terms of your culture and so forth? I mean, those, that's the other 20%. So it's not a matter of when we, when we actually have someone go and interview and they've already been completely vetted, we've interviewed them, we've spoken to them, we've assessed them. We know they're, they can do the job. The last 20% is, you know, are they good cultural fit? You know, are they, are they good, uh, in alignment with our values? So let me talk for, for, with, uh, culture and values for a minute. Yeah. That can be very different depending on the company. So for example, you talked about a pastor. I have one client who's a Christian and the very first value that they have is we, we, we seek to glorify God in everything that we do. Okay. And I have another client that says that, you know, we like to drink beer together and we, we use a lot of four letter words in the bullpen. <laughs> okay. So now, you know, the contrast there is pretty significant, right? Well, you know, so sure. you want to make sure 
that you, and this is again, our area of expertise, you repel the wrong people and you attract the right ones. It's yeah. equally as important to, to push the people away that aren't going to be the good fit and to attract the ones that are the good fit. And it's all how you communicate. But fundamentally, talent's not going to, a lot of the best talent's not going to be on the market for very long. You want to make a decision very quickly. And that instills confidence in the candidate. Hey, this person is, a, is an astute business person. They're making the decision quickly. I can expect that this person, when I get into the company, they're not going to, you know, be looking at their navel and analysis paralysis, you know, all, all day long on stuff that, you know, where you can make a decision quickly. So my newest book, I have one international best-selling book, and the newest one is going to be called Hire Fast, Fire Fast, How to Eliminate the Costly, Frustrating Guesswork of Hiring. Cool. Yeah. International bestseller? Yes, in six different countries. Nice. Okay. Um, actually, if anybody wants a copy of that, I can send them. A, you can you can provide that as a free PDF. It's actually niche to the real estate industry. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna give people a link to go here in a minute and um, get some kind of assessment. I want to um, get you. I want to I want to ask you more about that here in just a minute. Sure. Uh, my next question first is, um, what if somebody is you know at this level, John, where they want to grow, mm-hmm. um, but they're not at the they're not they're not the size of a company that you'd want to work with yet, mm-hmm. um, or they just can't swing twelve thousand five hundred. Which, by the way, if if anybody is listening to this and thinking, "Oh my gosh, that's way too much money," you do not understand the value of what somebody like John does for you. And I I know this from my personal experience, from a lot of investors that I network with. I'm in some big masterminds, and uh, that is a, that's not a cost. That's an investment and it will pay you back in a couple months easily if you get the right person. So it's, it, that's, that's, that's an incredible deal. If what John is saying, if he's as good as he is, says he is. And from what I know and from people that know him, John is really good, but I'm not recommending John cause I get anything out of this. I'm just telling you that uh, this is an important topic for a lot of people listening to this. So my question though, backtracking is you got somebody that's just doing a couple deals a month, but they are running themselves ragged. They want to find, they need to find their own acquisitions manager on their own. What do you, what are some of the recommendations or advice would you give to them, John? Well, um, they could go to someplace like ziprecruiter.com to advertise, right? Because it's yeah, going it, to, here, but here's the challenge. Yeah. Okay? you're still going to be faced with the same dilemma. You're going to be inundated with hundreds of resumes. Yeah, yeah. And you have no way of being able to filter and sort and to determine, see, everyone's looking at this to try to find that special something. Well, the fact of the matter is most people don't know how to write a resume. If they do it themselves, it understates their ability typically. So therefore, you don't have any metrics or information that you need. And if you get, if the person gets professional help, it overstates their ability. You can tell when someone when a resume is professionally done, right? Yeah. And do I've you looked, really want somebody who's on ZipRecruiter looking for work anyway? Yeah. Well, the the answer to that is there there is a tremendous amount of talent just waiting to be discovered. There are so many people that are disenfranchised. Uh, just one statistic: the Gallup organization did a, a worldwide global study. And they found out that only 11% of the work population is spending the majority of their time in their area of strength. Think about that for a moment. We wonder why there's a pandemic, right, of a lack of engagement with work. Because 
Hmm. You know, what that means is 89% of the people are spending time on stuff that doesn't fulfill them. That doesn't, that they're not, you know, innately good at doing it's in their area of weakness. So, and the other thing is, is that when it relates to, as it relates to sales, um, I did a keynote with a guy from Australia and he wrote a book called the future of the sales profession. It's a, a phenomenal read. It's got a lot of great data and research in it. One of the things that he said is this, he said that in the next three years, as much as 20% of the business to business sales talent is going to be let go fired. And the reason for it is because of the huge, massive trend of self-service and technology. So about 56% of the decision to buy anything today is already made, or the sales process is already done before they even speak to anybody at your company, right? Because there's so much access to information. So salespeople, which are pretty expensive from a salary point of view, right, are too, di- are too expensive to keep. So the trend is now replacing them with inside salespeople that are one-third the salary. So there is a tremendous, now is the ideal time to be looking for talent. There's a lot of uh, people out there that are just waiting to be discovered. A lot of people are very unhappy with their work situation and nothing gives me personal satisfaction and fulfillment more intrinsically to, to help almost rescue some of this great talent from these toxic situations that they're in, put them in an environment where they're making twice and three times the amount of money and they're taking that type of spirit and attitude to their family life and it improves their family life as well takes the stress of the, of the nice. finances off the family home. So, nice. you know, if here's what I'd say, I really can't in, in good conscience, give you very many great suggestions because there really aren't any, <laughs> I, I mean, I wish there was a better answer than that, but I, I, I'll mention this in the last week alone, I have had two people send me an email that says, John, I'm drowning. I have got to get out of the day to day operations and doing the selling right? I've got to be more strategic. I need your help in finding an acquisition manager. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, I'm really suffering and hurting it. I'm redlining myself. I'm working monster hours. I'm not nearly as effective. I've, I've got to get talent in here to give myself the leverage that only a team can give me. Mm-hmm. And so you can do it the hard way and bootstrap it and take three, four, five years and, and have the risk of the, the person not being the right person and turnover and all that kind of stuff. Or you can just bite the bullet and do it right the first time and, you know, four, five and up to 10x your business more quickly. Yeah, well said. All right. So, John, you're going to give us an assessment. Can you explain what this is? Sure. So the assessment takes about 25 minutes to complete. It's a three-dimensional assessment, meaning there are three separate profiles. One is personality. It's DISC. It happened, now, there's a lot of different DISC profiles out there, okay? Mm-hmm. From paper and pencil, you know, all the way to, you know, about a whole lot of different companies are using a DISC profile. Ours happens to be the first one that, that, that takes a look at all four choices that you make. It doesn't just look at the, the, the one that's most like you and the one that's least like you and then give you an answer. It takes a look at all four and how you rank them and then gives you uh, information based on that. So um, that's one dynamic. The second profile is it, it measures what is it that you're motivated by, okay, which is absolutely critical. The third and final profile actually measures your innate talents, so this is the, the, the person, the author of this profile that was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize and would have won. Yeah. This profile is so incredible. And he, let me explain why. It measures the hardwiring of your brain. So if you have high scores, what that means is, is that you see something very, very clearly. Your brain is configured in such a way that it's crystal clear to you. If you have low scores, it means that sort of like you have bunny rabbit ear reception, 
there's there's the the hardwiring of your brain is compromised in that area and you'll never be good at it. Let me give you a quick example. A friend of mine is a C-level executive and he's brilliant technically, but when it comes to people, he leaves a, a, a wake of bodies everywhere he goes. Hmm. He's horrible, okay? He, his empathy, his ability to connect and relate to people is severely impaired. It will always be that way. You don't change the hardwiring of the brain, okay? It's sort of like... Um, your kids, if you've got children, why someone excels in one subject but they struggle in another is because of the hardwiring of the brain. They don't see something clearly. So that's the third and final profile. So it's personality, motivation, and then talent. Personality is the least important of the three. Motivation is the second most important. And then the talent is third. So this is free that you're going to give to us, right? Correct. Good. Let's do this. I have a link that I'm going to give to you guys if you go there. <clears throat> Uh, it'll redirect you to this assessment. It's reimpodcast.com slash assessment. REIM for Real Estate Investing Mastery, podcast.com slash assessment. And if you need to know how to spell assessment, Google it. It's got four S's. <laughs> reimpodcast.com slash assessment. I think it has four S's, doesn't it, John? Yes, it does. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's really helpful. That's good. And if John, if somebody wants to just contact you right now, how do they do that? Uh, John J O H N at thetalentgenius.com. So my first name, John at thetalentgenius.com. Joe, let me ask you this: if this might be helpful, sure. The the assessment is seventy pages of data. It's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. The secret really is having someone like myself who is an expert at interpreting the data and being able to explain what it means. Yeah. So I just want to make a, you know, an offer to provide more value to all the listeners out there because the fact of the matter is they're going to look at it. They're not going to really know. It's not going to be very meaningful to them because they're not going to know how to interpret it. What if I was to provide maybe a 10 or a 15-minute video knowing that people are, are rushed for time yeah. that's hard-hitting, that gives them only the most important salient information that basically explains the three graphs, page two, three, and four, is a summary of the entire assessment. And I can just give them a high-level overview in terms of how to interpret it, how to understand it, and why these things are important. That'd be good. Okay. So that'll be on this page that we send them to. Um, I'll be happy to do that. I'll provide you with uh, some type of a, a link so that they can kind of uh, watch it and uh, better understand themselves. Sounds good. All right, John, um, reimpodcast.com slash assessment. And again, the link to get to you or the email was what again? John, J-O-H-N at thetalentgenius.com. And Joe, I, I just might encourage your listeners to do this sooner versus later because we're not going to keep this link up for a long period of time, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I'm not sure exactly when we'll be releasing this podcast, but yeah, I won't be up there long. And you can feel free to take it down anytime you want, John. Sure. Hey, thanks. This has been helpful. You got my brain spinning on looking back at the people I know that are doing really well and who is it that mm-hmm. is running their sales or doing their acquisitions. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think this is an important thing to, to, uh, to understand and get a hold of because there's two challenges every company faces sales and everything else. And if you're in a place now, you, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, right? Like if you're struggling with just getting enough time to 
put your head above water and get a, get some fresh air, you need to hire some help and you need to, you need to get somebody that can uh, help you with your sales. So cool. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate the time. Anything else you want to say before we go? We now know with laser like accuracy, why the 20% sell the 80%. We know what the 20% have that the 80% don't have and will never have. So if you have someone that's mediocre and average, mediocre people always perform at their best. You're never going to get a lot of improvement from mediocre people, no matter how much you train or coach them. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important to hire the right person from the start. Very good. Been a pleasure. Hey, thanks, John. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Hey, everybody, if you want the show notes and the links that we talked about, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com. And to get this free assessment in that video that John was talking about, go to reimpodcast.com slash assessment. Check it out there. And if you want to get a hold of John directly right now, just email him at john at thetalentgenius.com. All right, John, take care. We'll see you later. My pleasure. Take care. See you guys.